everybody. Welcome to episode 165 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. Welcome in. Welcome in. Paul Robinson. <laughs> so there was a take before this where I literally said, Welcome in. <laughs> and did not mean to. Yeah. So now we're just going to riff on that for a while. Yeah, well. You get to be inside on the joke, you yeah. know. <laughs> I feel lucky. Hilarious. Um, so real quick before we start. I wanted to do a little follow-up on the whole ScarJo fiasco with Disney. Are you going to bring up the Emma Stone thing? Because I was going to... Oh, I didn't know. You can bring that up. I don't know anything oh, about okay. that. This is the rock thing. So oh. so according to reports, if they're to believe, be believed... <laughs> on this episode, on today's episode of the National Enquirer... Yeah. But apparently, the, the latest is that when they were going to release uh, Jungle Cruise, mm-hmm. they renegotiated The Rock's contract mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. accommodate the streaming of it. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. And so um, then, you know, when ScarJo's attorneys reached out to Disney, they didn't respond at all. So that's just adding more kind of fuel to the fire of mm. the ScarJo team. Mm. Um, so... It's getting interesting. You did say you were gonna do weekly follow ups. That's true, you know. As as the information came a flowing. Yeah, I'm very uh, I'm I'm interested. In it. I don't usually follow crap like this, but for some reason I'm you really don't. interested to see where this goes because I feel like is this going to be like the Kavanaugh hearings again? Because you just <laughs> went down such a rabbit hole. I yeah. I don't know how I pulled you out of that one. Yeah, that was a tough one. But uh, <laughs> it's this one is like I'm just interested because I I do feel like I I genuinely feel like there's a um. Uh, a gender bias here. I, I do feel like there's gender plays a huge role in it. In well, they're not likely, the only role. They're but... likely uh, was. I mean, that's a hard thing to deny. Uh, however, I think that they are starting to perhaps receive backlash or that that's oh, God, becoming yeah. more obvious, I guess. So yeah. now they're starting to sort of turn on their heels and go in other directions. Hence the uh, immense pay raise that Emma Stone is getting for Cruella 2, apparently. Oh. So uh, rumor has it she's getting coin. Yeah. Major coin for the second one, which I don't understand because the first one didn't do very well from what I heard. Yeah. So I'm not sure why you'd, you'd do that again. But Well, it's like, well, we could either, I guess from Disney's perspective, we could either um, pay off Emma Stone, which is a complete loss. Right, but they're going to be like, oh, look, we're here, we're going to fix it. Well, there's you that. Know? It's, plus, not, it's not because it's women. Like, we do this they'll make anyone. a little bit of money on it. You know, yeah, they will. But... She'll be the most expensive thing in it. You know, they'll mm-hmm. make it for cheap. They'll pay her a lot of money. And at least this way... They shut her up, and they could make maybe make a little bit of money also. Yeah, because she was kind of she was sniffing her way around the bandwagon. Yeah. So they were like, "All right, let's just let's just pump the brakes on this while we can." Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see uh, what what happens with all of that. Um, <clears throat> on a quick side note, um, another one. There is, you know, there was the announcement that Brendan Fraser is going to be. In Scorsese's new film, which is very exciting. I feel like I've been waiting for this movie for about 45 years because I've been hearing about it for so long. Um, And so like everything else, Brendan Fraser has become a TikTok sensation. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. I've been a big Brendan Fraser fan for a sure. long time. Yeah, we're huge and, and th- Fraser fans. It sounds elitist, right? When we're yeah. like, you can't like him. Yeah. 
I don't mean it in that way. It's just like a bunch of... Like, where have you all been? Yeah, a bunch of Gen Zers that weren't even fucking alive when he was the most famous. Yeah. Um, all of a sudden... The mommy years. Love Brendan Fraser. And it's like, yeah, where have you been? For years, I've been like, where's Brendan Fraser? Like, why? First of all, he has a website, which a lot of you losers probably don't even know. Still had a website up. Yeah. Unless he took it down recently. That thing has been up for years. Yeah. Um, since the 90s. Um, does it look like it was from the Yes, it yeah, does. I haven't been there I, yet. I Really? No. I check it every every couple of years to see if it's still up. And I was like, yep, mm. they're still there. <laughs> so I actually reached out to him years ago. <laughs> like, yeah. Never heard back from him, obviously. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I, I've been asking where he is all these years because uh, I loved Encino Man. And uh, he had a, like a quick cameo in Son-in-Law, which one could say is sort of like this interconnected universe because he pulls yeah. the toad off of his um, headdress and then heats it with the hammer and bites it and walks off, which is obviously something that he would have done in Encino Man as yeah. that character. So, you know, we... It's the Pauly Shore verse. Yeah, it's the Pauly Shore verse. And, um, you know, so I was super excited when they cast him in The Affair, which mm. no one ever mentions. They're acting like he's been living under a rock yeah, and yeah. then suddenly came out like, no, yeah, he, he's... Two, two seasons of Doom Patrol. He's been doing things. Yeah. Um, it's just you didn't give a shit until all of a sudden it was cool to like Brendan Brendan Fraser. And where that sucks is that that does nothing for his career when you're over him. And yeah. you will be because this is a, it's like this moment in time where it's cool to like him. And then, you know, then what happens? So I just hate when people do that. It's like if you genu genuinely like him and followed his career, then, yeah, join in on the support. But like, I just don't like that he's becoming like a meme or, or whatever, because yeah. he's he's a really good actor. And um yeah, so when he was cast in the affair as a dick, it was like, what? Yeah. I just don't, like, I'm going, you know, I was like blast from the past. I was there um, bedazzled or whatever yeah. it was. That was a good <laughs> so, one. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Like, he maybe hasn't always had the greatest movies, but like watching him play an out of touch uh, human being who has been living in a vault with Sissy Spacek and Christopher Walken his entire life and yeah. then enters the world. Uh, it's just it's just beyond comical. Yeah. And he's just really good. And and so and he had a great run on Scrubs too. Yes, he did. That was um, a good, uh, little so ultimately arc. overall I'm just happy that he's back in things. Uh -huh. Um but I just hate like the fake love. I just I can't stand that saccharine kind of yeah. fanfare bullshit. Yeah. And rant. But hey, you know, whatever puts him in the limelight to give him more opportunities. But I just hope he stays there. Yeah. I just hope he stays there. Well, it seems like he's got a lot of opportunities coming up. So that's good. So um, we were going to wait to review this show because we were hoping to get... Um, to have LTP return. A, a Lou Taylor Pucci come back on the show. He was one of our first guests. He was a really early guest yeah. on the show. Um, and um, I think he's officially too cool for school for us. Cool for us. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we had our moment, yep. and we took it, and we got it, and we're just gonna we're just gonna revel in that. So and... you can go back and listen to that one <laughs> because it's not gonna happen again, apparently. Yeah. So we reached out to see if he would come back to talk about this show because we, you know, we follow his work, especially you've been a fan of his for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
I found out that he was going to be in this show, and it, it was a it was a big reason why I started watching it. I'm not going to lie, um, but I'm glad that I did watch it because I I would have missed out even if he wasn't in it. I right. did enjoy it, but I was like, oh, Lou Taylor Pucci is going to be in this show, so I was like, okay. And then the cast was pretty cool, so I was like, yeah. all right, let's check this out. Um, so the show that I'm, re- I'm referencing is uh, a show called Physical, mm-hmm. um, which is on physical. Apple. Physical. I want to get physical let's get in the physical so um it is uh there's a main director was stephanie lang uh also reached out to her never heard back (laughs) so so, (laughs) um no hate like we get it yeah yeah you're you're like you're you're way too high on the totem pole for us but listen never hurts to ask that's right um also uh i I don't know if it's lisa or liza i want to say liza johnson and craig gillespie also directed but uh stephanie did uh the majority of them uh writers uh jessica dickey and uh they were like executive story editors and things but um lex ednis i guess was also one of those um created by there's a bunch of people there's a bunch of people i'm just going by who's on first Mm -hmm. right i don't know i don't know how you're going by who imdb I'm DV. I'm DV deems worthy. Of yeah, that's that's what they wrote. Uh, so it stars Rose Byrne, Rory Scovel, Scovel, Scovel. I think Scovel. Scovel, but, like Scovel units. Yeah. So like I hot guess. pepper is that yeah. okay? Uh, Deidre Friel, Friel. I don't know. Uh, Paul Sparks, uh, Della Saba or Saba. I think it's Saba. Lou Taylor Pucci, obviously. Uh, Joffrey Arend, uh, who you know is the Super Troopers. Yeah. snozberry kid isn't that who he was i, I don't guess. remember um so yeah so th- i i wasn't sure if i was gonna like this show like when you read the the synopsis and the premise for it you're yeah. like okay <laughs> i would just i just wasn't sure it didn't sound bad but i was like is this something that i'm going to enjoy i expected it to be more like girly i guess like yeah. i thought it was gonna be more of like a girly show or something and not that i'm totally against that because like i said the affair loved it but I'm not going to lie, I was late, way late to it, because I was like, I don't care about a movie about an affair. Yeah. And apparently I do. A show. A show, rather. Yeah. Uh, and apparently I do, because then when Showtime tricks me, tricked me with a free week and yeah. I had that shit on in the background, I was like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to start from the beginning. So, um, yeah, so I, I wasn't too sure. And then um, I think like the first episode, I was still like, all right. I like my interest is peaked, but I don't know. And then by like the second episode, like by the second and third, I was like, okay, I'm invested. Um, and so it's uh, a lot funnier, I guess, than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a bit more of a drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is. It yeah. is a dramedy. comedic drama, a dramedy, if you will, um, following a woman whose husband is running for hell is he running for city council city council or something kind of local government yeah Yeah. some some kind of local position and uh she has uh, which is and every episode uh, you know it's the 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 preemptive like warning of eating disorders and all that stuff and i'd read something about how inappropriate this show was and i'm like just get over it then don't watch it like if the show triggers you because you have an eating disorder like that's not you know like it's no one's throwing yeah. shade at you, but it's like, I could say that about anything. I, I find it so bizarre, right? How, cause I used to watch this show called starved. I have yeah. yet to meet another person that has ever gone like, Oh, I know that show. I loved it. Never. I don't know. It's like, no one even knows the show existed, which yeah. is so sad because it was hilarious. The writing was hilarious. Was we had to watch it on like YouTube or something, right? Yeah. I would have to, I, well, I started watching, well, 
I had watched it before. Yeah. Um, I think we'd even met, and then I told you about it, and then the only way to get the episodes was for you to like find them somewhere in the in the interwebs in yeah. the dark alleys of the, the interwebs because it was like they wanted to just erase it from existence yeah. and yeah. i thought it was a brilliant show it got obviously got canceled it got well, a because, lot of hate uh, yeah it did because it people felt that they were making light of bulimia right? okay but lots of shows make light of murder yeah okay well, so that's my point my yeah, point yeah. is that if you're gonna say oh this is making light of a of this or that or whatever and it's like have you ever watched discovery id there are entire stations an entire channel dedicated to people's murder. And have you listened to the like uh, the commercials for these things? Yeah. The reenactments. She thought it was love. It was murder. Like you're telling me you're yeah. not making light of the fact yeah. that Somebody this person murdered. was murdered. Yeah. And you the same people that'll bitch about this being a triggering show or the same people that'll sit there with popcorn and watch Hours and hours on end of people being slaughtered. Her hands were cut off. Her, her hands were cut off. <laughs> her eyes were cut off. I mean, yeah. to me that that like, yeah, you're I mean, talking it's, about it's, art. It's, it's a tricky thing because you don't, you certainly don't want to upset people, but you also want to be able to That's like impossible to do, right? But you also <laughs> want to be able to like tell a story and 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 um, uh, it's that comedy in this day and age thing. You know, it's like everything's offensive. Um, and triggering and stuff and it's like where do you draw that line because if you if you were to like Creative deal with that on like... everything everything ever then you what do you everything could be seen as offensive yeah i mean it's, it's the like, same i feel like the no same more comedies ever because you're making fun of something. something and i feel like the same group of people that are that are especially going to jump on the bandwagon of this being offensive will then be like oh well i have the right to do uh, to, to be completely topless in my music video because that's my truth and it's like all right but that's offensive to somebody who's like conservative and religious yeah, right? right so they could say why would you do that and you shouldn't be allowed to do that yeah. that's your creative freedom if you ha i mean if you read the synopsis for the show it's about eating disorders yeah it has a warning yeah. don't watch it if you choose to watch it that's on you see for me though i i felt like it started that way it focused a lot on it the did eating in the disorder, beginning. and then all of a sudden, that wasn't even a topic yes. anymore. <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of. I, I really liked the show. I did a lot, but um, that was one of my not my issues, but it was weird because at the beginning, I'm going in, I'm and I never saw any trailers or anything, so I'm going in, I'm like, okay, this show's about we're dealing with the eating disorders and stuff, and that mm -hmm. becomes less and less of a, a plot point, and then it becomes more about the husband's run for. Uh, council yeah uh, for um the po politics his political run and um it, well, that, that was kind of like that I'm and like, her and okay. her becoming an instructor yeah coupled yeah sorry yeah i mean that that to me that's the main story is is her becoming it is. that instructor because it, it opens um, with that if you remember in the yeah. beginning scene it's yeah, like yeah. she's already made it so we know that this obviously becomes something yep. for her and so the focus was on that i felt like the focus was a little too much like every other word out of her mouth was like you fat stupid fat stupid fat yeah. stupid it was like all right Especially we get at the it beginning like i get it you have an eating disorder and you think yeah. you're fat like it was yeah. just like that was another like the on. vo for me i didn't really know if i liked it or not it was like because it was so sparse you know you had moments where and and if you were to, if you it. were to, if you were to just listen to the vo and take that at its at its worth mm -hmm. it's like she's completely uh it's completely opposite of what she actually does and and says and 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 stuff so well, there's a there's the a point. disconnect to me and i get it i get that that's like how that, you feel on the inside yeah. but 
but then she would do things that she didn't have to do that would be counterproductive to how she really felt. Mm-hmm. So that to me was a was a little weird. And, and I, but I get it. I get the whole thing of like being trapped in this life and and all that stuff. But it just seemed like you know she would go above and beyond to to be helpful, even though she didn't feel that way. So that that was kind of weird to me. But I loved I loved seeing Rose Byrne in something that wasn't you know uh, a silly comedy. You know, mm-hmm. what she does well in those, obviously, the, you know, those comedies. Well, but I, I like to see other... her in, in, in other roles because she is a strong actor. And uh, Lou Taylor Pucci and his partner, I don't remember her name. The character name or her name? Either. They're, they're to me. Well, Bunny is the character. Yeah, they, they to me, are, are what stole this series. Both of them. Just the quirkiness that they bring to it. You know, yeah, it was it was a good coupling. You need it. It's the Will and Grace thing, right? You need the mm-hmm. the straight to kind of balance them out. You can't have a whole show with just them. I mean, I guess you could. I'd probably watch it, but um, I think it added so much to the show, and and I I loved seeing those those characters kind of balance out the the heavier moments with this levity. You know? Yeah, I mean, Ro- Rose Byrne has done. You know, I mean, she's done serious stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I really liked her in Miss America. Wasn't it Miss America? She played uh, Gloria Steinem. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I, but I, but she plays a lot of comedic stuff. And so it's nice to see her in stuff that's a bit more dramatic. Um, and as far as the voiceover, I didn't really mind it. It just, like I said, I felt like it was, a, it just was getting to be a little too repetitive just on the self-loathing. It got to a point where it was like, oh, yeah. I hope this character doesn't get annoying, yeah. you know? And, but then it stopped, which is fine. I actually, I think that while I can totally see how they, abandoned that storyline a bit sort of because she does go back to it in high moments of stress um but i think that that was the point was that it she found something to distract herself from it that the reason why you know her she was so hyper focused on her weight and her eating disorder was because she had nothing else going on in her life and so she had that time to just sit there and obsess about it but when she found something for herself She's she literally didn't have the time to pull those hijinks anymore because she would have to be gone for hours on end and so yeah. she couldn't do it. And so it was a welcome distraction. I don't know if it was the healthiest distraction. Yeah. It was like one dysfunction for another. Um, but that may be why they sort of walked away from the obsessive part of that because you're following the fact that she now had something in her life. Yeah. Um, her husband's character was <laughs> li- like... There's something about him you like, but you still hate him. Yeah, he doesn't do He's very nice things. He's such a dick. <laughs> like, and I cannot stand the super troopers guy. Like that, I have never wanted to punch a character so hard <laughs> in my life. Like I absolutely cannot stand that guy. And you have to go back into the time of like, I hate when people say like, oh, well, it was the 80s. Like there were a lot of hard ass women in the 80s. It's not like it was every single household the man was the 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 you know the yeah, patriarch yeah. and you know she had to do there's no way there were lots of women that were the you know were the the uh were the pants if you yeah will. that wore the pants if you will in the household um and so it like i get it she's not one of those people she's sort of submissive to him mm-hmm. uh but she's also not you know so um the fact that he allowed his friend to treat her the way that he did and speak to her the way that he did in his home was so frustrating. But then there's something that happens in one of the later episodes that he does. And I'm like, well, yeah, I guess he really doesn't care about how someone would treat her if he's doing this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, but yeah, like he's. I mean, the whole thing he's with such him a starts whiny off little with them, bitch. him wanting to do a threesome. So it's like... Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I, I 
don't expect much with the same person, by the yeah. way. So, you know, full circle, I guess. Um, but yeah, he just he he's done his job as an actor because I don't like him. Yeah. I just don't like him. And um he has moments. Yeah. I guess, you know, it just in the way that he plays the character that you're like not that you're like, oh, he's okay, but it's just like, all right, I don't I don't hate him as much in this moment, but I know I still hate him. He's just such a whiny little bitch of a person and uh I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get her her loyalty to him. Um, there's supposed to be a season two coming, so mm-hmm. I really hope she divorces him. <laughs> I just yeah. I cannot stand him and his friend. They are the worst. Um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes because I still feel like I don't really know where her head's at. You know, she did some weird things that I think she, I you don't, know, at one moment she's all about this aerobics thing. And then the next moment she's ready to give it up for her husband. But and do you like, remember in the beginning, do we see Bunny in that intro? I don't know. Was Bunny in there? Because if she's not, I'm pretty sure she's going to dump her and take all the riches. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it to see if she's in two, there. So. I'd have to see. Yeah, yeah, well, she can be in season two, but that doesn't mean that she's not going to dump her. So no, no, no. I can't remember if she was in that like slow motion scene of them in the beginning. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to watch it again because uh, now I'm curious. Um, yeah, Bunny's character is really good. Um, she plays the character really well. I love me the, a quirky character. The makeup, uh, the, the, the hair and makeup and the wardrobe really, really do the job because when you see her outside of that, you would probably not even recognize her. She just looks like a – like Lou Taylor Pucci looks like Lou Taylor Pucci with longer yeah. hair, but like with the wigs on on, on the women in, in, the, in the show. And then also uh, the friend with the video camera. She's really oh, good. Yeah, she's good. I really yeah. like her. Um, yeah, she's really good. Uh, Jesus Christ, what was her name? Uh, Deirdre. Yeah. She plays Greta. Greta. She's a really good character. Um, so I hope she's in it more as Her as and well. her husband, yeah. Pretty yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but she she just like, it's just such a good job of playing like this insecure kind of, yeah. who then like kind of comes out of her shell and, you know, so it's really cool. It's, it's so weird because you're like, I don't know. You know, like I said, when I found it, I was like, do I want to watch a whole series about like a 80s workout? yeah video host or whatever like you know? turns out you do it turns out i do um i grew up watching those jane fonda workouts like i actually did them as a child because my yeah. mother did them so um there's a particular jane fonda video that i can actually like i know the dialogue for because i memorized when they would say things mm-hmm. or be like at one point, they start like making maraca sounds in the video, and I knew exactly when that, like when the song came on, I was like, "Yeah, this is the sound." <laughs> so when they make that sound, because I watched it so many times, yeah. So I guess there is a part of me that is sort of nostalgic with that because I remember the whole like workout craze yeah. and how that became a thing, and so it was pretty interesting um, to see that. I I liked the show. I I definitely recommend it. Yeah, me too. I recommend. Yeah, I recommend it as well. Good. So go watch it. Yeah. and the, Or unless you want to wait for like, actually, no, we've ruined everything for you. So you yeah. would have had to have been watching it. Well, that's how we do. We ruin things. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, like p- since people jump through episodes, I have to ha- put a disclaimer before everything that we're mm. going to ruin things. Um, although I would hope that if you see that we're reviewing a show, that we're probably you know. giving you details yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next thing we're going to ruin I wanted to wait a little bit for this because it came out a couple weeks ago. And so I was like, all right, let's give it some time and maybe people will catch up. Uh, there was a show on uh, HBO Max. Or not a show, a film. Mm-hmm. HBO Max called No Sudden Move. Uh, director Steven Soderbergh, writer Ed Solomon. Um, 
I guess, you know, I would have to also say director, cinematographer, uh, Steven Soderbergh, because he's not fooling anybody with the alias. We know that he does his own DP work <laughs> uh, for most of his things. Not yeah. everything. There's like, I know he was not DP for Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Um, but I think a very, very large portion of his films, he plays the part of cinematographer, um, which is kind of why I continuously entertain him because not a lot of directors do that yeah i mean it's not a, it's not completely rare but uh you know he's very involved in the cinematography mm -hmm. and so um that always interests me um yeah. so uh this film was starting starring uh don Cheadle, benicio del toro david harbour john ham um he's worked uh, at brendan fraser yeah ironic yeah um uh, julia fox kieran culkin amy Simets. I always want to say it's Simets. Simets. I I, I'm say, I love her, and then I don't even know how to say her name right. But I've watched a lot of her films. I really yeah. enjoy her. I'm pretty sure you still haven't seen um, Upstream Color. No. Um, that was really good. Uh, Noah Jupe, who most people know as the kid from uh, Quiet Place. Um, so... So Soderbergh likes to work with a lot of the same people. Yeah. Uh, also, Matt Damon is in this. He's worked yeah. with Matt Damon several times. He's worth. We know he's worked with Benicio del Toro several times. Uh, he likes to work with a lot of the same people. So he. Oh, th this is this is this is a weird one for me because uh, oh, also Ray Liotta. People just keep popping up. There's a lot of people in this. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. A lot of people in. Go on IMDb. You'll see. Um, so it's like so. So Soderbergh, as we said, has played the part of his uh, of DP in, in in a lot of things. Um, I've seen. I, I want to say I've seen a very good chunk of his films, with the exception of several. You know, uh, Magic Mike. I, I I have not sat through that whole thing because I don't <laughs> hate myself enough. But yeah. um, a lot of his other stuff, I really do like. Uh, Logan Lucky was probably one of my favorite films of his because the performances yeah. were so good, even though. Uh, what's his face was in that, <laughs> which he worked with again. So again, he works with a lot of the same people, but that was actually a really good movie. Aaron Brockovich, obviously side yeah. effects was really good. Yeah. You know, like I, I, there are a lot of his films that I do like. Um, but, and so, so this, so here's where it starts to become weird for me. Um, I, I, let me preface this by saying that I absolutely hate when people fuck with their image. I just hate it. Okay. It, it, it always takes me out unless I'm watching characters that are going through like a major trip, like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, yeah. right? Where everything's filmed sort of fish view, not everything, but like those those moments in those yeah. scenes where it's like fisheye lens and everything's crazy. And it's because, but I just absolutely do not understand why he filmed this the way that he did. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very, uh, the, so they shot animor on anamorphic lenses. Yes. And you can see, like, it, it, it looks as if he shot on really wide anamorphic lenses and just got closer to closer. the talent because the the edges were extremely, extremely squished. And yes. it, it was, I mean, I assume the look he was going for was some kind of, like, peephole kind of, you but know, that, that view that you get out of one of those. Um, the question is why? I don't know. Why? I mean, I get the I get the the aesthetic and the point, but for me, I found it more distracting than anything. And I don't know I don't know if that was a post thing because you said in the in the trailer that it wasn't like that. No, because if if the trailer had looked like that, I'm going to be honest with you, I wouldn't have even watched this film, despite the cast. Because yeah. the cast was I love Benicio del Toro; he's an amazing actor. John Don Cheadle's always great in whatever he does. So it's like it's not wasn't the actress Amy as well again? Because I was like, oh yay, Brendan Fraser, wonderful. David Harbor, hello. But, and David Harbor. But if I had seen the trailer, I don't know. 
know. Maybe my brain was in another place and that whole trailer was shot anamorphically mm-hmm. and I didn't know, but it looks it looks terrible. I cannot stand that look. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some scenes that are worse than others. And, you know, there's some yeah, there's, lighting scenarios that hides it a little yes. bit better. But, you know, especially when you're outside, it's very... Those were the worst. It was, it's very um, distracting, I think. Yeah. Because you're looking over at the, like, you have the actors in the middle and then, like, right to their right is a car in the background and it's squished like crazy. Yeah, it's just like, I I never want to see an image stretched, squished, squeezed. I never want to see that, especially when you more than have the means to make this look good. Like you're Steven Soderbergh. Like there's no reason for why this should look um, this way. The... um... The attempt to try something interesting. That makes one of visually. us. Yeah, I mean, it, look, it didn't work for me, but I appreciate the fact that he was like, you know what, let's try this weird thing and let's see if it works. You know, I I, I, I do. I didn't, like I said, it didn't really work for me in this case aesthetically, but I appreciate the, the effort. The problem for me is that if not for his cast, I would not have watched this. Yeah, probably. I would have probably turned this off if the right actors hadn't been in this. And so this reminds me of his unsane stunt where it comes off as incredibly tone deaf when you're like hey let's just try to film a whole film on an iphone meanwhile it's like look you're steven soderbergh so you know that you have access to locations that people who would actually have yeah. to film on an iphone yeah, I think that's don't a different have story than and this, it's so tone deaf yeah that to me was very to me deaf. but to me that's the same because it's like you had this huge budget you have this a-list cast and you decided to film on anamorphic lenses because you can, you know, I say just because you can doesn't mean you should. Just don't under like it, well, it anamorphic just, lenses. Them look, I don't know if if the, that's the case where they took an anamorphic lens. I don't know, and but it I'm was just wider the, and the, they shot the, closer, or if the they just style. did it in post. I don't know the but, style of what you're doing, yeah. right? That it looks like you're shooting anamorphically, or whether I, you if are. If I had to guess, then, I would assume they did it in post because and then, then manipulating it. It's just well, if the trailer wasn't like that, they would yeah. have had to. Well, right? there's that plus, you know, like you know. If if you can achieve the same look in post, then you always do it in post because then you can uh, you have flexibility with when and where you want to use something and how much you want to. But sometimes you know the directors will take the plunge and say, "Nope, this is what I want, and let's do it." And then that's that's that. So I don't know the you know they could have straightened the image back out in post for the trailer as well. I'm assuming so because I can't you know, imagine so. a studio being like, "We're going to release this." Yeah, but it's Soderbergh, so they'll, looking they'll the way kinda, that it does, they give him a little bit of of leeway. Leeway is one thing, but an entire trailer yeah. in in that style, I don't think. I, like again, I wouldn't have wanted to watch it. Can you unless... imagine like the deal that that conversation? Like Stephen, listen, it's just, <laughs> this is distracting, and he's like, "Well, this is what I want." And he's like, "Okay, fair, but in order for us to fund this movie or release it yeah. for you, we have to release the trailer normal, quote unquote normal." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably unless, that conversation. Unless that the editing was so good in the trailer that I didn't notice it. Mm. Um, normally, I cannot stand that look. There was that other movie that we had seen with Christopher Abbott that they filmed oh, yeah. this way. And it yeah. was everything I hated about that movie was about the way they shot it. The movie itself was great. The performances were yeah. great. But there were many moments where I would have to turn my face away because depending on how the camera would turn, it would make me dizzy. And I was like, I can't even watch the scene because it's making me nauseous. I physically yeah. can't watch this because yeah. it's it's fucking with my eyes to that yeah and i i don't i'm I'm really weird with motion even like those like um that ride we went on in disney world the star tours yeah i almost threw up on that i Mm. the last half of it i just was with my eyes closed because Mm. i was like i cannot do that simulated shit yeah so when things are shot this way it 
pisses me off. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm going to feel like throwing up through this film. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. I'm just like, I guess there's like this, like when I see multi-million dollar directors intentionally distorting their image quality, it immediately reminds me of like all the rich homeless, um, air quotes up ahead, all the rich homeless kids that I would see hanging out in the 90s on (laughs) St. Mark's, right? Yeah. And you'd be like, listen, Michael, Amanda... Um, you grew up in a mansion, yeah, and you'll be in that back in that mansion by the end of the week when your parents decide to regift you that cabriolet in the right color. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, none of this is real or necessary. Please stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what that reminds me of. Of just like when you'd see rich kids just playing the part of homeless for street cred. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like. You're from Connecticut. Yeah. And we all know you're from Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> like, and anyone who thinks I'm exaggerating, like Tom totally Hanks, not. other son. Yeah. Colin. No, Colin's the Colin's good one. A... Chet. Chet. There was like a funny thing that I was like, when you name your kid Colin, you get a Colin. And when you name them Chet, you get a Chet. <laughs> that kid's a mess. Um, yeah. But but this like this is real. Like uh, I, I had friends who were legitimately homeless or pretty much lived on the streets or had drug issues and stuff like that and so i would meet up with them occasionally and i'd be in st mark's and there'd always be some new kids with them and i'd be like i know those kids are rich already and then you know it's like you have like your conversation on the side and what was happening was you know my friends were they were street kids Mm -hmm. so they would use those kids and be like yeah you can come hang out be homeless with us yeah and we'll offer you protection but they had a credit card on them at some point and their, you know, their parents would wire them money and shit like that. And so they'd yeah. all get like a brand new leather jacket or a new pair of docks or whatever yeah. off the new rich kid who would eventually go back to Westport. Yeah. You know, you're going back to Greenwich at some point. That's inevitable. Yeah. So they would just milk that as long as they could. And I always found that so crazy when I would talk to these kids and be like, so what's your story? Like they weren't really hooked on drugs. Um, they just wanted to look dirty and down and out so that they could feel like they lived in the real world because their parents didn't understand them and i'm like welcome to being a teenager nobody like no teenager's parents understands them yeah you don't make yourself homeless for that amanda (laughs) we don't do that that's stupid yeah um but yeah so that's what it reminds me of when someone's like i totally have the means to do this correctly and film this beautifully but let's just act like we only had a four dollar budget wouldn't that be fun Mm -hmm. no it's not fun (laughs) it's not fun because you're doing a period piece for one so like there's so much money that's put into this and why would you like there were moments right where especially outside anything to the left or right of the screen was bent and out of focus. Mm-hmm. So the the image was distorted. Cars looked like matchbook like matchbox cars. They were like squished down to yeah, this really yeah. weird shape. And so if it wasn't if you weren't focusing on the very center of the screen, then you were getting this very distorted image that was out of focus and bent. Occasionally, he would pull focus to the left or right so it wouldn't look as bent cuz yeah. a lot of it was also that it would automatically go out of focus cuz there was like a vignetting in some of yeah, the yeah. scenes very very there was, aggressive vignetting yeah, yeah a very aggressive vignetting and so it was like beyond out of focus and yeah. so on the moments that he wouldn't pull focus on that whoever was the unfortunate you know character on those ends got all dooded you know, now that I think about it, now that you mentioned that, yeah, it must have been done in post because there are scenes when you have people on the edge of the frame that look fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit, you know, yeah. more or less. So it it um it's it wouldn't be as unless they use different lenses, but 
I don't know. It's like it was in David Harbour's house. It wasn't as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a lightning. Like I don't know. It wasn't as bad in David David Harbour's house. But then when they first met, before they went on the babysitting gig, mm-hmm. when they were all meeting, I guess for the first time, oh, the tighter shots. It you the, know, the card wi- game. The wider it was, the worse it was. The tighter it was, the less uh, noticeable it was. You know, the tighter shots. Well, no, because like the, remember the card game. Mm-hmm. When they were, and then Don Cheadle sleeping on the couch. Yeah. That was horrible. Yeah. And they, they were pretty tight on them, but it was yeah, just so, so bent and weird. Yeah. When they were outside talking, it's so bent and weird. Inside the house and David Harbour's house, it was not too terrible. Yeah. But I don't know. They were just, well, I don't we'll know. we'll get them on the show and we'll ask them. You're going to ask David Harbour or Soderbergh? Soderbergh. Yeah, right. After we're like, listen, I hate what you do with your films sometimes. And he's going to be like, I can't wait to talk to you on the show, you yeah. fucking losers. Um. Just, it's not like that we here's hate the, it. it. Here's the reality. We're well aware that uh, these people are out of our league. It's just like, it's not, uh, um, I would absolutely hate for somebody to be like, oh, you, you're just shitting on somebody for the sake of it. That's, <laughs> that's not what it is. Right. It's just, I cannot like something that you do. And that doesn't mean that I think I'm better than you. Right. Because that, well, that, right, exactly. And that's the thing, you know, we, we talk. Steven we talk, Soderbergh's worst thing would be our best. Yeah. <laughs> well it's, aware it's, of that. It's the M. Night thing, right? Where right. it's like, I, you know, this didn't work for me, but I'll watch the next one. And I, and I'm, I always, I'm glad yeah. he made it. And yeah. I'm, you know, and, and I'm happy it, it exists in the world. So I'm glad he made the film. I liked the story and the film, but I yeah. absolutely hate that choice just because it does physically. Like I had such a headache after that. I don't. Yeah. I can't watch things like that. And so I would have I loved put that on the poster to have seen for that his film. I had such a headache after that. <laughs> Go grill <a> film. <laughs> I'm sure he'll love that. I've always wanted to do that on a film. Like take things that people said about a movie that were all negative. I know people have done it before, but you have like a film that nobody likes, and it's like, oh, I hate this film. It's horrible. And then you use those quotes and yeah. Um, I've always wanted to do that, but our films were always amazing. So she it's was hard too to... old to play yeah. Matilda. Yes, yeah, that like would that. be mine. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic one. I don't know. I... She was too old for this reenactment of make believe world. Yeah. Um, that yeah. said, I did have some other issues with the film. Oh, nothing major, you know. I just I felt out of the loop in a lot of the film. Oh yes, yes. You okay, know? I'm so sorry. Like, yes, yes. You know, there was things going on. I'm like, wait, what is happening? Why Why do yes. they care about a muffler? Like, what? what is happening right now? Like, what the, these people are paying a lot of money, you know? And then at the end, it all comes together and you understand. I wish I was just clued in a little bit more mm-hmm. as to what was going on um, during the film itself. Um, because normally... They like I followed it. Open with I followed that it. Like we're, we're pretty good at following films. We're we're sort of intelligent, and so <laughs> we were like trying to follow along, and we're both like, wait, what is what is he talking? What is happening? What is wait? What is happening? Like I got that it was a patent. Yeah, no. For something all the surface level stuff we got. 100%, I was, but there was I, like, I don't feel like they mentioned anything. I mean, they showed cars a lot, but yeah. you needed cars, so like nothing clued me in that this was like a GM. Yeah, Chrysler Ford War or whatever the hell they were about, doing, you know, about you know uh, pollution and and all you know catalytic like, converters. Yeah. Like there was nothing about that. Like normally, if they had just opened with oh in nineteen whatever the hell year this was, right? Uh, there had been X, Y, and Z. Then I'd be like, okay, so cars are important yeah. in this. All right, so General yeah, Motors they, plays basically. A, they did nothing of to, the sort. To continue spoiling things that the, that the end. They they run a, a a little like scroll that explains basically explains everything. And if they had run that at the beginning, I feel mm-hmm. like I would have felt much more informed in the movie. And I, and I th- felt like it would have raised the stakes a bit because uh, there was no there was just no context for anything. Yeah, for me, 
anyway. The stakes for me were very low because there wasn't a lot of clarity yeah. on what the stakes were about. Yeah. Um, except for like, oh, there's a bounty on your head. It's like, okay, but right. it is interesting. I mean, that and, and and I feel like he knew that because there's a there's a scene with Matt Damon where they foreshadow that, and he says, I don't, you know, obviously don't know verbatim, but he he makes a comment. Matt Damon's character makes this comment about how at the end of whatever you're doing, something happens and it kind of sheds light on everything, um, which is kind of how the movie rolls, right? You know, you find yourself in the situation, you're like, why am I here? And then something happens at the end, you're like, oh, I get it now. So if that was the goal, then kudos, because you achieved it, you know? Yeah, I just wish that there, I'm okay with the fact that there wasn't massive backstory on Cheadle and Del Del Toro, because it's like, it's pretty clear that they do shady things. Yeah, that, right. You know, they're, they they do shady things, and even, uh, but even within that, I felt like you know um, there was a lot. There was a good amount of character development because you you understood their motivations, even though a lot of times they were just lying and everyone was double crossing mm-hmm. everybody else. Mm-hmm. But they had um, they had a lot of uh, uh, they had enough character development that it kept it interesting. Yeah, I think that um, my two least favorite characters would be well choices for actors uh, Ray Liotta I feel like Ray Liotta has been playing variations of Henry Hill for the past 30 years I don't know that I've really seen yeah. Ray Liotta and anything that I've been like oh I'm not thinking about Goodfellas right now it's just he always gets the same parts and like a dude's got to eat I get that mm. but it's just like all right, I totally know that if Ray Liotta's in this, he's probably some kind of mobster, bad guy, something, gonna crooked cop, something. He's going to be angry. And, you know, I, I already know what I'm getting there. And so he, he played a small part, but it was just still like, yeah. all right. And Give then, the guy a rom-com. Let's see it happen. Well, he was in that weird rom-com with uh, Sigourney Weaver. And oh, uh, Sigourney Weaver and the girl from, uh, um, I know what you did last summer. What's that girl? Jennifer Love Hewitt? Yeah. Uh. She played... Weaver's daughter and he was like a gangster that she's dating and yeah it was I mean it's still very typical but it was like supposed to be I I've never seen the whole thing but Mm. I I remember the trailer of him shooting fish in a lake remember he's like shooting a gun into a lake I don't know Uh, it was a very Henry Hill thing to do as as per usual the other character for me was uh, the girl who plays his wife um, this actress, I knew her face immediately when mm-hmm. I saw her, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the girl from Uncut Gems. And I was right. And, um, if you were to put the two stories, the two characters side by side in Uncut Gems, she's sort of this, um, quasi obedient character to an asshole of a boyfriend <laughs> who is yeah. after all of this money. And at the end of the story, uh, he dies, and she pretty much winds up with all of the money. And then in this film, she is a submissive character to an abusive <laughs> husband who is all about money, also has a boyfriend who's all about money, and at the very end of the film, appears to get all of that money, but then doesn't. But pretty much the same exact yeah. character, 70 years apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think she'd only done like a short before Uncut Gems. So she mm. kind of dropped onto the scene yep. in a really big film and is either typecast or just has no range because I like everything well, yeah, I've I mean, seen. You're, like you're I've new, seen, so you take whatever and then yeah, but people it, are going to only cast is, you if you don't have I a lot of experience. I think she's more of a model. That's the, that's oh. the thing. So when I was trying to look up her work because I was like, I've never seen this girl. Getting like dropped into a, a Adam Sandler film is 
pretty big. Yeah. Uncut Gems, we had reviewed that. Um, for me, the cast in that film made no sense. Like uh, Dina yeah. Menzel and then yeah. basketball players. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who cast this film? Yeah. Um, but I was immediately like, who is this girl? And all I could find on her was like forums and comments about like her ass implants. And I was like, okay, great. But like, what, what do we have in terms of like her acting? Yeah. And every other thing that I've seen... Uh, like on IMDb of her, it's always like this very, like she plays like a chat room girl or mm. a cam girl. Like it's always hypersexualized. Yeah. And so the character for me had this sort of hypersexualized way of being that just didn't make sense mm. in the film. I thought the ca casting her was really weird. It didn't match up. Her and Benicio together just did not make sense. I just, yeah. I didn't see it. I, I, it was just weird. There was no chemistry. Like she offered nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, I know that seems harsh, but I mean, like, you know, it's like, we're... How could you not have chemistry with Benicio? I'm before? saying. <laughs> like, but but that's just what I mean is that I think that she's more model stuff. Like, yeah, she's yeah. done, like, I've seen uh, pictures and she does, like, you know, topless stuff or whatever. Like, she very sexy things. And so I don't, I think that she's cast for that mm. and not so much her acting ability. And yeah. so I just think, like, if you're, if you're going to put somebody in a scene with Benicio Del Toro, they got to be able to keep up. Yeah. And um, no. No. So that was like a little weird. So the the story, the the character that confused me the absolute most was John Hamm's character. Yeah. I don't know what this dude's motives were. Yeah. They don't. First of all, we never get an explanation on how he is connected to Matt Damon's character. How does this come to be? Because ultimately, Don Cheadle's character comes out with the guys that have the bounty on him. Yeah. And then there's this confrontation between that gang, if you will, and the cops. And so the offer is, I can give you Don Cheadle. You'll look like a hero for having solved the case. You'll maybe get a $1,000 raise per year, which, you know, was more money back then, obviously, um, over the next 25 years, and that'll be the end of it. Or you let us keep him. I assure you that he'll be handled, mm -hmm. and I'll give you $50,000 up front. So John Hamm takes the money. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the film, when Fox is the uh, her la the last name of the girl who played uh, the girlfriend. Leota's wife yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, Del Toro's girlfriend, when the money is taken from her, you think she's going to get away with it because she kills uh, del toro for it she's leaving with the money a cop stops her takes the money and then in the end john ham returns the three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars back to matt damon that he had paid Cheadle and del toro plus well, the fifty thousand dollars that well, he got paid by the gangster. and plus whatever the girlfriend added the wife girlfriend added yeah i don't get it, it was like 406 or something like that so there was another twenty thousand in there well no because Right, because here's what makes he no had sense. Given the thing three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars, and then fifty thousand dollars. I don't remember. How. No, see what happened was okay. See now I got lost. Then. Yeah. So when Del Toro came to the girlfriend wife and mm -hmm. was like, "It's three hundred seventy-five, and then she said, "Oh, plus what I have," because she stole money from Leota. Mm -hmm. it, it would be like four hundred six or four hundred seven, and then so that's they had that much four hundred six or four hundred seven. I can't remember which one it was. Let's say 406, it's 406. Um, so then when the cop pulls him over, takes the money. So then when he returns the money to Matt Damon's character, he says, here's the 375. So it's like but... 456. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, At the exactly. end of the day. Yeah. Makes no sense. Yeah. Makes no sense. So I don't what know did why, he get out of that? I don't know why John Hamm would be like, you know, yeah, be motivated to give up the prisoner for the money, only to give the money to Someone who Matt clearly Damon. doesn't need it. Yeah. Or that someone that he doesn't seem to be, you know, like paid off by because... 
he didn't accept the money from the guy. You know, he's like, I'd love to cut you in. He's like, no, I'm just returning money, whatever. So No, but I thought he meant that as in he couldn't cut him in. That he would love to cut him in, but for some circum under some circumstance, he wasn't able to. Right, that, and we didn't. They, like why? Right. So that that's the thing that was weird to me. Is, is he walked away with an eighty eight dollar bottle of alcohol? Yeah, which maybe then so was he like three hundred. Obviously, wasn't being paid off by Matt Damon's character, and so it. So what was the motivation there to, to get Don't this know. guy more money? Because he ended up giving him all the money anyway. Know. The person who needed it the least got all of it, which yeah. is you know. There's that karma, right? Or just like the way the world is, right? The people that yeah. need that don't need it are the ones that have the most. And maybe that's what he was going for with that. But I just did not understand the motivations for John Hamm. How did he get involved in this? Because well, he, he was he, looking for those guys from the beginning. He yeah. already knew that they were around. Yeah, well, they had and, been, you know, look, they've been uh, following them. Yeah. Whatever. And then when the, the robbery happened, he kind of like w- was suspicious about the whole incident. Don't be suspicious. Don't, don't be suspicious. <laughs> And so when he questioned the the kid and the kid told him everything, then he knew, then, you know, now he's much more involved in that. I just... And they wiretapped them and stuff. So. I did not get it. I, I mean, like, I got it, but I just didn't get, like I said, John Hamm's character made no sense in terms of the way that he moved and why he moved and how he went about it. Yeah. No sense at all. Um, You know, it was, I mean, we all already knew that Don Cheadle's, that Benicio Del Toro was going to cheat Don Cheadle and then we were pretty sure Don Cheadle was going to cheat him and that, you know, yeah. so like all of the the backstabbing, we knew what was going to go on there. I had a feeling, um, a very strong feeling that Del Toro was not going to make it out. Yeah. Um, I love so the that... scene too when they, when they went to, speaking of that, is, mm-hmm. was when um, they had, um, they had that dinner. Oh, yes. And then, you know. With Frazier and. Yeah, when Frazier shows up and then there's that scene where Don Cheadle like knocks over the thing and dives to the ground and all the people yeah. he hired started shooting. I really liked that scene a lot. Yeah. Yeah, because if uh, if you remember, he had been talking to the kid who was the bellhop and yeah, paid off, yeah. you know, people to, to sort of be on that. I actually forgot about that arrangement. Yeah, me too. That's so when it like, happened, oh. I'm like, wait a minute, are these just random gangsters that started no, shooting? I, I, and then I was I, like, I, oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why it was so brilliantly done because you almost forgot about it. Yeah, because when he asked for that, I was like, for what? I was really dense in that moment. I didn't piece that together yeah. that that's when he would have needed them yeah um i thought maybe he was going to try to run out of town and that that mm. was why i didn't see them coming into play for that so that was really cool um yeah it was like i don't know it was like this film was it r- was right on the cusp of being a really good film yeah it was almost there but then there were just weird choices that it was still good yeah. like it was still a good film that, and and you know everybody also uh, kudos to john Don Cheadle, who did like he strained his voice in this yeah. really weird way. I know his voice when I hear mm-hmm. it, so I was like, "Why does he sound like that?" And he sort of tightened his throat mm-hmm. for the character. Um, and it's something that like it goes a long way. Yeah, it really yeah. goes a long way, and and especially well, when you do when, it well. Yeah, when you do it well, but especially when you have a really distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. Um, Benicio did this in Usual Su- Suspects. Um, you know, he had this sort of slurred uh, on uh, uh, for Fenster, mm. uh, you know, and the way that he talks and you kind of get, you know, 70 percent of what he says and the yeah. rest of it. You're not. Uh, Brad Pitt did this in Snatch yeah. where, you you know, he, his was more accent, but he also kind of dragged his words in yeah. a way that you only got in that probably 20 percent of what he <laughs> yeah. was saying. And, you know, a, a lot of characters have a lot of actors have done that, but it, it's just it's really helpful 
especially when someone's voice is distinctive because it really it's such a it's now such a separate character and you're you're watching the performance yeah. as, as opposed to hearing that person um we talked about this with uh, uh Skarsgård and mm-hmm. when we just reviewed his show and that his voice is so distinctive and so when i hear him it's like yeah you know it's him and um some people can't control the can't change their voice yeah um what happened? You got something flew into your eye yeah, there, Spud? In my eye. Anyway. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, anybody could change their voice. It's just a matter of, of uh, you know, practicing. And, yeah. Well, and... anybody could change your voice, but if you're like, so what do you want to sound like for the character? I'm going to sound like this. Yeah, that doesn't work. You're a police officer. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But uh, Don Cheadle really didn't need to change his voice. No. Well, I but don't it know. Was That's subtle, the thing because it's, you know? it's loosely based on what happened in those days. So I don't know if he was being portrayed as as an actor because at the beginning of the film they were showing images of cars and people so i don't know if those people were the people they were playing Well, they did or... mention something at the end so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know who they were playing again this didn't say like based on true events yeah give me something like it's like yeah. the movie just started and i was like uh okay so when they said babysitting i was pretty sure that was going to be some kind of hostage thing yeah. and you know um yeah those also those masks are horrible they're so scary looking yeah. it's so simple that it's just a piece of suede with ear holes and eye holes cut out of it but it mm-hmm. it reminded me of like um if you see pictures during uh civil war uh especially when people would have injuries to their face it was like the early days of their attempts at plastic surgery yeah. and sort of using skin and making these very bizarre masks and so that's what they reminded me of yeah um but uh so david harbour's character was really good um Mm -hmm. he played this nervous sort of uh slightly comedic actor and just the way that he would deliver his lines yeah Uh, del toro the same he has del toro's like even when he tries to be serious there's just something funny about him (laughs) and i don't know if it's like because he played fenster and i always think of like flip you for real yeah I don't know if that's why I always he has this really um he's got like, what the fuck what the fuck he's got <laughs> a shit eating grin that yeah, I don't constantly. think he can control and so I'm always like what am I getting from this it's guy like he's like, always judging you <laughs> you know it's the most judgmental face and I love it yeah and um yeah so it's like there's just certain things that he does that are really you know there were little subtleties for instance um Kieran's character, he takes off the mask because he says it's itchy. And then at one point, um, Del Toro's character, he's talking and you see him scratching at the back of his head and, you know, near his ears. And so it's like kind of carrying on with that. Like, yeah, it's itchy for all of them. And then he throws the blanket over the woman so that he's like a bird. (laughs) So he could take it off. Um, You know, yeah. So it just, I don't know. He just never does anything wrong. (laughs) I don't I, yeah, I've it was never... interesting too to see like the different, the varying kind of degrees of of how uh, like evil these people were, you mm-hmm. know, because they were willing to backstab each other, but they didn't necessarily want to kill innocent people, and yeah. so it was like it was interesting for to kind of see how far they would go. Well, also killing the family was a setup, so if yeah. they went along with it, they were just screwing themselves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were maybe okay with killing people, the right people. Uh, maybe. Sort of. (laughs) They weren't as as unhinged as Kieran's character, at least. he was definitely unhinged. Um, Yeah. So I absolutely recommend this movie. If you're not sensitive to like an anamorphic look or, you know, then go for it. But um, 
I just there were just moments where I had to look away because I was like, "This." Or you could download me. the movie, bring it in After Effects, <laughs> unsqueeze it, and then watch it. <laughs> How long would that take? You think? Uh, I'd like to rewatch that. Yeah, and uh, not squeeze, not de-squeezed, de-squeezed. That'll be the official term that you want to tell your editor. Yeah. I'd like you to de-squeeze this. Yeah. Unsqueeze it. Yeah. It's been, probably it's been squozen. It's been to like, can you please just, Stephen, please. <laughs> Listen, you wanted to make a movie with a phone and we just, we entertained mm-hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. We gave you actual actors. It was good and all that. And uh, we, we entertained that. Can you, can you please stop now? We have an A-list cast here. Um, well, um, also, this was filmed during COVID. Uh-huh. So uh, I believe also Soderbergh might have been responsible, if I read this correctly, for a lot of the protocols mm-hmm. that went about during that time because so many sets were getting shut down. And so he was trying to find ways to uh, sort of alleviate that pressure so that uh-huh. they, because they were filming in Detroit and, you know, everything was put on hold. And so then they continued, they were able to continue filming. So, like, you know, shout outs to any uh, production that went on during the, the into the thick of it. I can't just yeah. watch TikTok too much. But yeah, the thick of it. When you, you were in the thick of it and you still went through. And again, these we're talking about multi-million yeah. dollars. <laughs> like, it's not we're like, oh, these poor little independent films. But, uh, you know, it wasn't really an option to throw in the towel. You just kind of went yeah. with it. And so, yeah. Com- you know, uh, pr- com- production companies that can afford to test every single person of the cast and right. crew every right. single morning right and whatever whatever entails woe is that. them yes <laughs> um and so so again i i watch a lot of his films i just hate this effect and um that's just me don't like it but the story yeah the script and the story the script and the performances was good. Are all good it just like uh, there were just too many holes in it for me that didn't ruin the story, but I feel like if I don't know it if there had were just holes, been... it's just it, it just the feel for me anyway. It just fell out of the loop. Well, the whole, there was a major hole for me in that. I don't the know John where the Hamm holes, Jem, like like that was how this whole thing ended. Was that John Hamm's character pops in and all of a sudden does this shit out of the left, and you're like, where the hell was that? Like, where was this in the beginning that I knew there was even a connection? Yeah. To Damon's character, like that was a major plot hole for me. That yeah, I guess so. I I think would have. <laughs> It would have upped the stakes, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If I was like, oh, and he, not only is he going after these guys, but wait a minute, you know, it was just kind of like, and then the the motivation at the end was like, you have no money. I don't understand this. Yeah. You had the option to have money and then you didn't take it. He literally could have taken $75,000 almost and he would have never have known. Nobody would have ever have known. Yeah. Well, Well, the guys that gave him the 50, but. Well, that, but, and there was people with him as well, so. And then they let Don Cheadle go. And he only took the $5,000 that he asked for. So I'm like, when it came to that, I was like, okay, so is is this like a Marcellus Wallace thing? Like you have to leave and never come back to Detroit? Because if John Hamm's character sees him, he knows that they didn't take yeah, care of him. Yeah, he's going to Kansas City or whatever. Yeah, but I mean, he, he's got to make sure he doesn't yeah, get seen. <laughs> because back, yeah. With five grand? I don't know. Um, I, mean, I then, also I was not clear on who the woman was that he got the suitcase from. I thought at first that it was a sibling, but then I'm like, is this an ex-love or wife? Because then if that's her new husband, he was very patient about that. Yeah. That the suitcase was there. He knew where it was because he's the one who brought it out. So like there was was an obvious connection between them. So I was just like, is this an ex? Is this a sibling? Um, I don't know. I would have, I I don't know. just would have been nice to know what was going on there. All right. So one more other plot. (laughs) Just a couple. Yeah. 
just a couple. Anyway, so that is that will conclude our show for today. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the hell's happening next week. I don't know what's happening from one week to the next. Um, we are going to have a uh, guest on in October. I'm saying it now so that you have time to watch this or to do your free trial or whatever. So if you go on Paramount, yes. If you go on Paramount, there is a docu-series called For Heaven's Sake. A really interesting show. We're going to have the guys on from that documentary in October. So you have literally a month, over a month to watch this. I think it's like six or seven episodes, something like that. Um, really good docu-series. Check that out. We're going to have those guys on in the fall. Hopefully that doesn't fall through because now I sound like an asshole. Yeah. Um, but hopefully they'll, we'll see they'll what be happens. Uh, we're, they're scheduled is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. So um, we'll have them in the fall. So you should check that out. Shout outs. MoGraph. Wow. Done. <laughs> Just shout out to MoGraph. Also, I would like to shout you out for making it onto Maker's Place, which yeah. I want to call Maker's Mark Maker's for Mark. some reason. I keep yeah. wanting to say that. So for those of you who don't know, like myself, what that is, it's like some big, froofy, fancy pants um, NFT platform. And uh, Homeboy over here got an invitation for there mm -hmm. because apparently um, obsessive, psychotic work ethics pay off in the end. We'll see we shall, once I get on there if, if anybody wants to buy anything. Yeah, so if you want to buy an NFT from a psychotic, um, work-obsessed filmmaker slash graphic artist, animator. Um, All right, wrap it up. I got work to do. <laughs> person then you can go on Sentry paul yeah. right and um or sean paul as they call him yeah i don't don't call him that <laughs> sean paul send paul yeah it's Sentry paul anyway um yeah so yeah shout outs to you for that thanks good for you spuddy and if you have something you want us to watch or see or witness then you know and send also it our shout way. out to you for directing a stage play I haven't done that yet well, getting the job and, the and getting it all together. Yeah, so that'll we'll talk be happening. About that talk little, about more when yeah. we get closer. We'll talk about that as we as we get closer. I'm still Your in the very, very beginning stages in of the that. stage, in the world of the stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're over here doing shit. Yeah. All right. And, well, and what it's like directing actors on stage, because I've never done that. No. I'll be able to say I've done something you haven't done. You've directed stuff. The one thing in the world that you haven't <laughs> tried doing yet. I'll be able to say, hey, I did that. Um, yeah. That and Pilates. I haven't tried. I haven't tried Pilates either. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would never get back into a workable position. My yeah. body doesn't work like that. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. Thank you. We love you.